What is a Kabbalist? The town of Tzfat, where I live, is known as the city of Kabbalah. People of all types and backgrounds come looking for Kabbalah. Some stay a few hours, others a few days. And some, not a few, even end up spending our lives here. People see the art, the music. They get inspired by the synagogues. They visit the graves of the holy sages who devoted their lives to Kabbalah in the past. But the question is, is this really Kabbalah? What are we really looking for? What is the real meaning of Kabbalah? Rabbi Avraham Mordechai Gottlieb, a student of the firstborn son of Rabbi Ashlag, Rabbi Boch Ashlag, clarified this question in the biography that he wrote of the Rabbi's Ashlag, and this is what he has to say. We need to define more clearly what is intended by the term, the inner aspect of the Torah, the Sodot HaTorah, also known as the Kabbalah. Many people mistakenly think that whoever studies the Zohar and the writings of the Ari is already a Kabbalist, one who is proficient in the inner secrets of the Torah. This is a complete mistake. People think that if someone knows gematrias, that is, numerical values of holy names, then he must be on a spiritual level, on a high spiritual level. This is nonsensical. These are only covers for the inner meanings of the Torah. And for sure, they are not the secrets of the Torah themselves. This inner aspect of the Torah, the Sod, is the light of God himself, who is concealed in the Torah. As the Zohar itself says, the name Torah means it reveals that which is hidden. Rabbi Baruch Sholem Ashlag used to tell a parable. If a person is walking down the street and he sees two men talking between themselves, it doesn't interest him. But if he knows they're talking about him, his curiosity is awakened. What they're talking about becomes like a secret for him. What this means is, if a person learns Torah, but he doesn't realize that the Torah is speaking about him, that it's teaching the person how to get closer to God, may he be blessed, and is showing him the way how to cling to the source of all life, then the Torah is hidden for him, and he doesn't feel curiosity or any interest to know what's written in it. A person just looks at the Torah as a series of historical events that happened to his fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and so forth. This external view is potentially disastrous. It destroys the best portion of the souls of Israel, for in this way the person cannot see the relevance of these matters to himself at all, and he loses interest in its words. But if a person would believe the holy sages, that every crown of every letter of the Torah has the purpose of pointing the way to his soul and of showing him how to cleave to the eternity of God in complete happiness, then he would be interested in it and investigate every letter with all his soul and all his might in order to reveal its inner meaning. So we see that there's not necessarily a connection between a person who occupies himself with the learning of the Holy Zohar and the writings of the Ari and the innermost aspects of the Torah.
The innermost aspects of the Torah, the Sodot of the Torah, actually mean the revelation of God to the person through the Torah. Everything in the Torah is within us. We have to divide the learning of the Torah into two types. One, the Torah of the many, and two, the Torah of the individual. The Torah of the many refers to the way of learning the Torah as if it's talking about two separate people. For example, when the Torah talks about Jacob and Esau, this would then imply it's speaking about two separate individuals, Jacob and Esau, who quarreled. Or when it's discussing the children of Israel in Egypt, it's talking about two separate nations, the people of Israel and the Egyptian people who enslaved the children of Israel. Most of the world learn the Torah in this way. However, this approach often leads to difficulties in that a person finds it hard to feel any connection between himself and the stories of the Torah, the prophets and writings, and they appear to him as historical stories and nothing else. In this context, the Zohar writes, Rabbi Elazar opened his discourse and said, It is written, And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. Genesis chapter 8 verse 4 How delightful are the words of the Torah! Every word has high inner meanings. And the whole Torah is called high. We learn in the Bright of Rabbi Ishmael the 13 principles by which the Torah is propounded. A particular example that embodies a general principle and is taken from a general principle in order to teach does not teach only about itself but was brought in order to teach about the whole. Since the Torah is the generality of the most highlight, even though it may be telling one simple story, it certainly does not intend to demonstrate that particular story alone, but it intends to show higher and concealed matters, and was not brought only to teach about itself. Even though the example emerged from the generality of the Torah, it did not emerge just to teach about itself, but it emerged in order to tell about the generality of the Torah. As it is written, and the ark rested on the 17th day of the month on the mountains of Ararat. Certainly this scripture emerges from the generality of the Torah as a simple story. One asks, what do we care if it rested on this mountain or that mountain? After all, it did have to come to rest somewhere. The answer is, it did not come to tell about itself, but to elucidate some general principle of the Torah. Happy are Israel to whom was given the highest Torah, the Torah of truth. And whoever says that a story of the Torah only comes to tell that particular story is not in his right mind. Because if that were the case, the Torah would not be a Torah of truth. But certainly this highest, most holy Torah is a Torah of truth. Come and see. Regarding a king of flesh and blood... It is not according to his honour that he should speak in the language of the ordinary person, or even more so, that he should write in such a fashion. Would it even occur to you that the highest of kings, the Holy Blessed One, had nothing holy to write in the Torah, but he collected together all sorts of lowly stories, like the words of wicked people, such as Esau and of Hagar and of Laban against Jacob, 
and of Bilaam's donkey, and of Bilaam, and the words of Balak and of Zimri, and put these together with all the other stories and made the Torah from these? If so, why would it be called the Torah of Emet, the Torah of Truth? But the Torah of God is whole, the testimony of God is faithful, the commands of God are straight, the mitzvot of God are clear, the fear of God is pure, the ordinances of God are true, and it is written, they are more pleasant than gold or much spun gold. Psalm 19 verses 8 to 11 Such are the words of the Torah. Certainly, the highest holy Torah is a Torah of truth. It is a whole Torah of God, and every single word comes to show the highest matters, because the matter that is told in the story does not come to show the story alone, but teaches about the generality of the Torah, as we have learned. So we see the warning of the Holy Zohar, that we should not consider even one instant described in the Torah as an event in itself, but it is composed of the highest and deepest inner meanings of the revelation of God. In this way we should relate to the Torah, believing that in every word hides the light of God. In every word, the Torah is teaching us how to walk in order that we may come into affinity of form with the Creator. Secondly, we may learn the Torah as a single entity. That is to say, we learn the Torah as if all the events of the Torah are occurring within each individual person. This means that Jacob and Esau are two aspects that are to be found within one person, and they fight with each other for the domination of the person. As it is written, two peoples will come from your womb, and they will strive with each other. Genesis chapter 25 verse 23 Likewise, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob come to show different aspects and stages in the service of God that a person should try to emulate. Similarly, Israel and Egypt are two aspects within the same person, such that the Egyptian aspect within the person enslaves the Israelite aspect within the person, but God redeems him, and so on and so forth. Actually, this is the true way in which a person should learn the Torah, because in this way he doesn't learn matters that have no connection with himself, but every letter of the Torah is connected with him and speaks to him. We need to emphasize what our teacher Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag said. If a person divides himself into two, then he can deal with the other side of himself. But if a person doesn't do this, then he cannot give battle. If a person understands that there are two elements within him that are in conflict with each other, one of which is composed of the appetites and thoughts of the will to receive for himself alone, and the other is the holy point within the heart, then he is able to give battle in a more objective way against the powers within him that in fact don't really belong to him. But if he identifies with them as if they are his own desires, then how can he fight against himself? The term Kabbalah means receiving. Thus the wisdom of the Kabbalah may rightly be said to be concerned with how do I receive? With my ego? With my selfish love? Or in a way that will allow me to benefit others? Through the light of the innermost aspect of the Torah, which is called the Kabbalah, may we be blessed to receive the illumination for our souls, which will bring us to the good way.
audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahoa School online. Details at www.nahoaschool.com or www.nahoapress.com.